Welcome to the Hardware Asylum Podcast Extras. This episode, it's all about headphones. What you need, what works best for your budget. I'm your host, Nez Garcia. With me today, I have headphone extraordinaire, Darren McKay. When I was setting up for the podcast this evening, Darren came over and noticed something on my screen, which happened to be some new Berry Dynamic, not really new, but TD770 Studio headphones. And he was like, what do you want to get those for? And I was thinking, hey, upgrades. <laughs> upgrades. Upgrades. I mean, we've upgraded the podcast to support the Rode Procaster microphones. We got two of them. It interfaces a Focusrite Sapphire audio interface. I built a new PC. But in terms of headphones, Darren's on some Shure's, uh, some 440s. Yeah. Now, these are great headphones, and they were widely recommended, although we've had them in the lab or the podcast. Since for, the beginning. And they're getting a little bit, I don't know, old on the tooth. But the truth be told is I got a little bit of a headphone bug at CES, and that's kind of what started all this for me. And kind of with me, too, because uh, you know, before CES, I was thinking, hey, Let's dump some more money into the podcast, get some better headphones. I have a set of Pioneers that I use. These are my personal headphones. I use these on my personal PC, and I bring them out into the lab so we can record the podcast. But uh, I really want to have a dedicated set so that we have a matched pair. You know, you're hearing the same thing I'm hearing, same tone, same definition. So I started looking around for some studio headphones, and Lo and behold, when we were at CES, there was a headphone galore. It seemed like everything was headphones. And I don't know if it was because you were around <laughs> and saying, hey, headphones, headphones, and we were going over there. Well, maybe a little bit of that. Or maybe it was something else. So let me back up a little bit. Uh, longtime users probably are aware of the fact that I primarily game wearing headphones. And some of that is because I regularly have the kids around and frequently have to game uh, later into the evening, or I, I prefer to game later into the evening. And so I have had some great surround sound setups in the past that were speaker driven and actually i do have a really terrific 2.1 setup right now that's based around the creative labs uh emu speakers and uh an x7 but you built that you put that together you didn't (laughs) even buy it off the shelf i did and in fact i've got uh, a couple of nice amps and dacs floating around and maybe that's a good direction to go i am transitioning for lack of a better term from what i would consider a standard gaming headset into more of a audiophile level gaming headset. And I'm finding that that's not very easy to do. How so? Darren's house, I go and check on his computer because, you know, I modded it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing a tube amp that we talked about on the podcast. Right, the dark voice. The I think it's a 336SE, actually. A great entry-level maybe a little bit better than entry-level tube amp, which is another fun topic that we've already covered. Yeah, Darren's name dropping again. And then we have the X7 on the other side of his widescreen LG monitors. And then there's a headphone hanging off of that that's connected directly to the X7. And then there was another set of headphones that you had <laughs> burning in in front of your machine that was hooked into... Actually, you had that into the X7 too at yep, that point. Yep. Yep. X7 gets used a lot, which is crazy. And then you have a set of Sennheisers that you play games on most of the time because of the microphone and all that interaction and stuff. Um, and then there's something I'm missing. Now there's the other pair of Sennheisers to the left that are the, the newer, lesser pair that I use when I'm reviewing headphones. Yeah. And so, I think there might have been another set on the bed too. And that all paints sort of a ridiculous picture of yeah. what's going on 
in my office. But yeah, the well, reason for that, <laughs> well, yeah, of course, to contrast that is like uh, I have one set of headphones and I'm surrounded by motherboards and video cards, so we see what each of us really like and are passionate about. And, and I think maybe it's important to explain that over the last few years, uh, we've sort of differentiated a lot in our expertise because specializing makes it a little easier for us to do reviews. And I'm sure it's not difficult to look back and see that I tend to do the peripherals and the external things that connect to the PC. And that's not all, but that's the majority. And Dennis tends to focus on the internal pieces and the, the things that can be overclocked. So as a natural extension of that, I've been looking at bigger and better things. And I have, I think, a great selection of really amazing uh, motherboards and processors and stuff around at my disposal, but I don't test them. So I make up for that, maybe, you'd be the judge, by uh, trying to find some cool toys to connect to the PC with. And I've been quoted regularly with mice and keyboards especially, that you're only as good as how well you connect to your PC. Where the rubber hits the road, right, is the great example we use. Yeah, and that we're talking about our sensories, you know, as humans, right? So we have our fingers, we have our eyes, and we have our ears. So all that being said, we're kind of battling around the bushes to why does Darren have so many headphones connected to his computer? He's denying it. <sighs> it's a dangerous problem, and it can get expensive fast. So let me come full circle again. If you're out there listening and you have a set of headphones, the odds are pretty good that your gaming headphones, even your good gaming headphones, were probably sub $100 headphones. And most likely from a brand like Turtle Beach or maybe something a little bit nicer like Creative Labs yeah. or Razer. Yeah. We're making generalizations based off of, you know, mainstream market. Well, and the reality the is because these are the companies that sell the most gaming headsets. And if you're looking at a premier set, you might be jumping up a little over that to uh, like we like the cloud series headsets, for example, mm -hmm. or um, what else is out there? The A50s and and even the entry level Sennheiser game headphones, the game ones, for example, are moving you up that ladder. And what you get as you increase and you move up is better spatial sound, better clarity, and a better reproduction of the game. And this is actually a modern thing in video games too. I mean, back in the day, everybody's all about graphics, crisis, crisis, crisis. Right. And the sound was kind of secondary. And the headset manufacturers that were doing surround sound, uh, companies that have been in the game for a long time, and, and, and Triton's a great example, or Zalman even had headsets that initially had multiple drivers in them. Oh, yeah, the original 5.1s, mm -hmm. and they simulated it. Well, it didn't simulate it. They actualized it be having more than one driver. There was actually at CES, this was several years ago, mm -hmm. there was a 5.1 surround sound headset that had tuning tubes. So the oh, speakers no. were above your head. I remember head. that. And based on how <laughs> how big the driver was, how long the tube was to your ear cup, they could tune and actually give you that spatial reality well, it was the way it like was in the in the real a world. reverb tube, and we never did get a set of those. Dang it, I'd forgotten all about them. But the market has kind of moved on from that because the hardware is caught up, and as Dennis will attest, we don't talk a lot about the sound that's on a motherboard, for example. Well, no, but, although it's gotten really good. Um, mm -hmm. You know, going back, trying to derail us here, right? Um, original motherboards had just a basic sound card. And it was just three ports. It was a front, rear, and a sub. Or no, it was front, sub, and microphone. And now we have eight-channel sound on on motherboards. And we have replaceable op-amps, so you can tune the sound. 
it's um, a deciding factor a lot of times in what motherboard you buy. So what kind of sound processing is processing is on it. You don't have to buy an external card from Creative Labs or what was the the fancy one, the audiophile uh, sound card back in the day, Azura or um, Azen, Azen, Azen Tech. Yeah, oh my God, I still have a set of those. They're amazing cards. Even today they compete, but they don't have the features that the modern cards do. So it is waiting for my next home theater PC build, but. Again, I digress, and I maybe I'm avoiding the subject a little bit of the headphones, but but let's get back to it. What are the advantages of spending? What are the advantages of spending rather a little more money on headphones, especially gaming headphones? And the answer is not that simple, but I'll try to boil it down to: you hear more in the game, and you hear more accurately. And the advantage of that really makes sense in the games that support higher end audio. And this is something that doesn't get a lot of press either. Modern games, and I'll use Battlefield as an example because it's my game of choice, have built-in surround sound processing now. So if you go into your audio controls, and if it's a AAA title, it most likely has this, you'll see an option to change from stereo headphones to surround headphones. And what you're doing is you're telling the software, please send me surround signal. Now, does that mean that you have to have dedicated surround sound headphones? No, it doesn't. But it does mean that the game is going to use hardware and software tricks to try to help your ears more spatially advanced. And I'll give you an example. You're playing Battlefield. You're hiding behind a wall and you're reloading, rearmoring, maybe healing up, and you don't know where the bad guys are. But you have a terrific set of headphones on, like my Sennheiser 373Ds, for example, or the Bayer Dynamic 300MXs that we're testing right now. And you are going to hear footsteps, maybe hear the sound of a reload or a weapon change, and you're going to be able to, if your headphones are good enough, be able to tell what direction it's coming from, which direction they're moving, and maybe even how far away they are. And they don't hear you at all because they're using, uh, you know, a $29 set of headphones from Skullcandy or something, and probably don't even know that there's a surround sound option in their game. So what happens? Well, you pop around the corner and you blow them away and the chat explodes with, you cheater! And you just smile because you had the total advantage. And this is why you're seeing pro gamers moving up into better headsets and better microphones. The microphone's the other piece. Better headphones with better microphones means better, clearer communication. And these days, gamers need to be able to communicate, especially in the competitive watch a League of Legends game or any of your competitive game teams with their headphones on there. And the communication, so critical, has to be so clear. Very Cody, too. Absolutely. And so we're seeing these pro games and the pro gamers driving these markets. So comes all back to headphones. Headphones. So if you go to your local grocery store, you could probably pick up a Sony set for 50 bucks. Woohoo! Sony makes good headphones. They do make good headphones, and the price is right. That's actually one thing from CES that I noticed. Gaming segmented hardware is uh, moving down in price. It is, and it there's more a, competition. It used to be a high-end stuff. Now it's like the gaming stuff is the mainstream low-end stuff. It's still good, mm-hmm. but it's priced accordingly. It's It's less expensive well and we're really lucky because everybody is getting into the peripheral game so there's more competition which is driving better products and bringing prices down well we hope mice headphones 
keyboards, even mouse pads, everybody's making them. And I think this is where the innovation is going. And part of the reason for that is there hasn't been a really exciting hardware release. I mean, we kind of got some new chipsets for motherboards yeah. and, you know, you got the whole KB Lake thing, but, you yeah, know. There's only so much you can do with a video card and a motherboard that doesn't get glitchy and, you know, cliche. Like adding a tube amplifier to it, what was it? A-Open did that way back in like the Pentium right. 3 days. But, uh, you know, it didn't catch on. Nobody wanted that. You know, if you spend, say, $50 on a set of headphones, right. it's a proper gaming enthusiast, well, not enthusiast level, but it's a it's labeled gaming. Mm-hmm. It's only 50 bucks. You plug it in. It comes with a standard 3.5 millimeter plug. It might have a microphone and you put it in and it's, the sound is a bit washy. It's um, very flat. There's no definition high, no definition low. It just kind of makes some sound. Probably still better than, you know, what you had laying around from your MP3 player though. Right. So then you think about it and say, well, this is not really good. I did everything I could possibly do with the computer to make this headphone sound better. So you move up, you go for the $80 set. And at that point, what's the major difference? Maybe it's a larger driver. Um, the larger drivers usually give you more bass, a little bit more of the mid-range, but you'll lose a lot in the high end sometimes unless you spend a little bit more. So that's where you get these price increments where the hardware is slightly better that goes into the headphones. So you kind of talked your way up to 100 I want to take that a little bit further because at about the $150 range, mm-hmm. you're getting really the top headset for gaming from most common manufacturers out there. That's where you're seeing the cloud headphones and the Turtle Beach Extremes and the Voids from Corsair and even the it's the one with the funny name from Razer, the, I don't even remember now. It's not the Naga, but it's something like that. But that's pretty much where the, what they have called the sweet spot. That's what everybody at, at mm-hmm. aspires to be because the headphone manufacturer can make a profit at that point. And it's not so expensive that the gamers that are spending their lawn mowing money to go and play Battlefield 1 better it's not so high that they have to like budget for months and months and months before another iteration comes out. And this is where things have gotten interesting because if you look at your buddies that you think have good headsets, that's probably where they live. And that's been the peak for so long that recently over the last couple of years, we've seen a change because the difference between gaming headphones and a audio headphone that's designed for listening to music from a, a, a headphone specialist like Bayer Dynamics or Sennheiser, sure, or some of these companies that we've talked about, is that they are designing high-end headphones with exotic technologies that are designed specifically for reproducing music. And you have to know things like range and, and what's the sound stage and, and what type of curve they have to enjoy your music. And there's a lot of things to learn there. But the step from a gaming headphone at 150 into a... Uh, a professional headphone used to be extreme. It could be five or six hundred dollars to get one of these stereo designed headphones. And could you use them for a gaming? Well, absolutely, but it wasn't a match. And over the last couple of years, some of these manufacturers have discovered that there's a market. Sennheiser is a great example. And they have put out headphones that were based on their lower end enthusiast audio products. And that's not even really a great term, but it works because. Uh, I think we can all associate with what that means. An entry-level home audio solution that's been repositioned for gaming. And well, and, and what does that mean in terms of hardware, right? Mm-hmm. So they might take the drivers 
out of one of those um, home theater sort of headphones and put that in the gaming set and then pair it with a microphone. Mm -hmm. And then the there's a, an audio processor that goes along with that to match the the uh, speakers and they might match it differently so it would be a lower end processor or something like that. So you used to have to purchase some sort of sound processing unit to get those headphones to even work, which is where that balanced cable, the XLR cable, I believe is what that's called, comes in because you didn't have that 3.5 and they just assumed that you were processing it through a device that didn't have the ability to make those headphones sound as good as they did or didn't have enough power to drive them because bigger drivers like 50 millimeter drivers are going to give you much more sound, but they require much more power. And so you start looking at a $250, $300 headphone or even $350 headphone from a company like Bear Dynamics, and that's that 300MX that we're working with now in the lab. And what do you get? Well, you get better materials. You get much better drivers, so a wider range. But what's the cost of jumping up to this is what makes this hard, and that's why there's kind of a barrier of entry, and that's kind of what I'm getting to, which is why I have this stuff all over my desk right now, is taking the jump from the onboard sound or even a you know, a, a good Creative Lab sound blaster, for example, into a higher-end headphone isn't just about the headphones because you're making a relatively significant investment, maybe a $350 headphone or even more. And those are just the ones that are aimed for gamers, but that doesn't mean you couldn't get a $500 or $1,500 headset and use it for gaming, assuming that you have the right gear, which gets us talking about power. To get more out of headphones requires more power and more processing. That's where amps come in and, and DACs, which is a digital audio converter. Yeah, the we did a review of a Silverstone pair. Mm -hmm. We had a DAC that was its own unit, and then we also had a headphone amplifier, which was its own unit. And both of them were specialized in what they did. You had the DAC that was connected to your PC to give a signal to the headphone amplifier that would send it to the headphones. That would allow you to run your 300 ohm headphones or even your 80 ohms, depending on which one you had. Mm -hmm. And that was that was the match. So that was a separate instance, whereas uh, the X7, for instance, it has a built-in amplifier and a DAC. It does both things. Well, I think what I'm getting to here is that you may be an enthusiast like we are out there, and you have a pretty rocking system. It might be overclocked. It might have water cooling. You might have a rockin' mechanical keyboard, and you might have an amazing 12-button programmable mouse. You might even be able to 3D print that silly thing. But you probably are still gaming on a set of $50 headphones. So how do you get to that next level and get that advantage? And maybe you don't even know what you're missing because not everybody has access to a really expensive pair of headphones to see the difference. And even if you do, you may not have the equipment to drive them so that they work correctly. And the amp deck is a great example. Mm -hmm. But we're seeing motherboards getting there with better amplification. The X7 is a terrific example. Creative Labs external video card will power up to 600 hertz cards. It has a DAC built right into it that's designed specifically to tune the music for your headphones or turn it off and just give them raw power. Mm -hmm. MSI has the onboard audio boost. They have the one, two, three mm -hmm. technology. And that is designed, you flip a little switch on, on the motherboard, there's a, a jumper that will enable the 80 ohm, 35 ohm headphones, and also will power the three to 600 ohm headphones. And that was an amplifier that they built into the onboard sound. I think we're going to see more and more of this because most people don't know that 
you know, Silverstone's not the only manufacturer that's been putting these out. They just don't get a lot of press. Asus has had an amp deck for a couple of years now. Yeah, and I think uh, the rumors that you've been reading, and you told me to go out and buy one of these because it was like, really <laughs> cheap. It was supposedly the most balanced external DAC that you could buy. At least at the time it at was. At the time, yeah. And it's like nobody heard about it because nobody at the time nobody cared about audio in, the, in that way. So there is good news. Amp DACs, the small amps have gotten cheap. You can get a really great clean amp for under $100 now, which is, you know, that's cheaper than most stuff you put in your PC. And about the same for a good DAC, a digital auto converter. And if you combine them together, you can get a good entry-level product for about 200 bucks, which, you know, in the realm of, you know, $800, $900 video cards is very achievable. Mm-hmm. Now, the headset, the headphones themselves is a little bit of a different thing, and it introduces a little bit more interesting problem, which is the problem that I'm having today. I have pretty good gaming headphones, but when you start to get that much money sitting on your desk, you start thinking, well, what about the $800,000, $1,500 headphones? And maybe they're in your budget. If they are, you know, send me a pair. But to power those, you want better equipment. And then you don't have the option of a gaming headphone because there just isn't a market yet, although I do believe it's coming. Yeah. So you had a set that we're using the the planar magnetic drivers. Yes. So that's a different technology. Different technology. And admittedly, those headphones were audiophile so they were designed mostly to reproduce music and movies and stuff like that not necessarily for gaming but the point i want to get at is you put them on and they sounded great yes based on what you said but you heard some popping and then you start Mm -hmm. researching it's like well these drivers need to be broken in for 150 hours that's just hard to believe yeah and much like breaking in a new engine in a car they have to break them in the way that you would normally play them oh yeah hook them up to the amp that you would normally be using for these things. And then you run them in and that, that basically wears the, the components in so that they, they operate smoother. Cause unlike a traditional speaker that is a cone, it has a little magnet that pushes in and out. The, the planers are basically a, a, a plastic film that's vertical. And it has a plane of those magnets to move it, if you will. Yeah, it just vibrates it back and forth. It's crazy. So just really briefly, and, and this is something if you're interested you can spend a lot of time researching, but the planar magnetic headphones are kind of the next step up in technology. And the reason that they exist is because you can only make speakers so big in a headset. So by moving to a different technology, in this case, planar magnetic, or if you want to go even further, electrostatic are the next step up after those, gives you a different way to produce that without having to have a bigger, more detailed, more expensive speaker in your ears. And let's face it, we all don't want to have you know, big home theater speakers hanging off our heads when we're playing games. You sure? <laughs> I mean, because huh? we, we did that in the in the 80s with the boom boxes. Right? Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> so this is the next step up, but then you have to come up with an external mic. Now, I know that the podcasters out there are probably saying, well, you know, just get a good boom mic or a Yeti, right? Mm-hmm. And there are some great solutions. Mastrop makes a mic that you can attach to any headset, and, and Antlion is kind of the king of that. So you can work your way back around those things. And when you get to that point where you're looking at headsets that are in the $300 to $500 range, which is really the peak of gaming headsets and moving into audiophile territory, these are the types of headphones that you're getting. And the hidden cost is the mic and the amp and the DAC and making sure you have a clear setup, making sure your games support it. And I'm here to tell you that 
It's an expensive upgrade, but is it worth it? Absolutely, because that headset that I described to you where I sit behind the wall and listen to those people coming up to me is made by Bayer Dynamics, and it's a $350 gaming headset, and it's not the best pair of headphones that I own, but it is the best pair of gaming headphones that I own. So you have a difficult decision there. How much do you want to spend, and how good is it? And the answer to that is probably more revolving around what else you do with your headset. Yeah, so for instance, um, <clears throat> with the Bears, when we were doing our, our online testing, the microphone was a bit quiet. Oh my gosh, yeah. You'd almost have to yell into it so that you can be heard. But it for what was lacking in the microphone, it made up in comfort of the headset. I mean, I put these on, they were really super Oh my super gosh, helpful. and the quality of the materials, we're talking for lower pads that memory are, foam that are replaceable and that, upgradable and upgrade, too. Yeah. You can swap. And so if you want the cloth version of it or the little padded ones, you can have padded ear cups or you could have the leatherette ear cups. And believe me when I tell you, they change the way they sound. So you can fine tune your headset. If you like a little more bass or maybe you like a little bit clearer sound just by what kind of pads you put on it. Yeah. yeah take crazy. that to your gaming headset, right? Yeah, that's crazy. So, while the microphone was a bit lacking, it made up for comfort and the audio quality of the speaker itself. And basically, you pair that with maybe a desktop microphone that isn't mm-hmm. as quiet. Well, don't steal all the thunder from my review, but what I what I will tell you is that they do sound still great, and the microphone sounds great too. But you're definitely your primary purpose in buying a headphone from a manufacturer like Bayer Dynamics is the sound quality. You are getting what you pay for. So don't get the wrong impression. If you have gaming headphones out there and you like them, they're probably good enough. And the advantage that you get is incremental. I mean, you start to get to the point where you spend a lot of money for just a little bit of improvement pretty quickly. And that happens at about the $100, $150 mark. You're going to get headphones that are great headphones. And they probably sound better than 99% of the people that you're playing with. And so you're getting an advantage at that level. And you can drive that off of your motherboard or a, you know, a sound card that you probably already have today without any issues. The next jump up into that 150 plus is where you have to make those difficult decisions. You might have to buy an X7 external or an amp DAC, and you're going to be spending maybe another 100 or 200 to drive it. And that's in addition to whatever is on your motherboard or the sound card that you have. And then you might want to clean that up by adding a DAC to it to translate that to a cleaner digital signal. And when you get to that point, you might be like me where you start to think, well, what does that next level of headphones get me at the $300 to $500 range? And is it that much of an advantage? And that is a question that you have to answer with your pocketbook because you're not just getting a better set of headphones, but you're investing in a whole new level of topology that's going to give you tremendous returns in movies, in audio, and in gaming. But it's a serious investment that I recommend to anyone looking to up their game. For more information on the topics discussed in this podcast, please consult our show notes on hardwareasylum.com. Stay up to date on the latest at Hardware Asylum by subscribing to our RSS. Follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook. This has been an Ninja Lane production, copyright 2018. Thanks for listening.